Bailey and Harper, after dark, as promised, we deliver. We are back. Kyle Bailey, Roman Harper. You probably know that by now. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good, bro. How are you doing, my man? Excellent. Um, some clarity, uh, some motivation. Um, good things. Good things in the world. It's good, man. I'm trying to look at it more and more that way all the time. As we should. As we should, man. Uh, we are blessed to have what we have. I also just kind of rambled out some words. No, it's all right. It's all right. You put it all together. I get it. But it we're expressed gonna, we're, my feelings. By the end of all this, though, I feel like everybody's going to feel that. Way. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. For those of us who aren't always adept at expressing our feelings, I felt like that was a good attempt. And so, feeling good. World's good. Things are happening that uh, are positive. Cling into those. And I'm happy. So, this is episode 39 of Bailey and Harper. And we got to talk about the greatest to ever do it rocking the three nine uh would you like the honors no you got it go all right i would like to uh reintroduce one of the uh, classic big men of the 90s nba that would be gregory donovan ostertag aka <laughs> greg ostertag of the utah jazz and former kansas jayhawk greg i ostertag. forgot he uh, dude he was he was balling in both places oh, absolutely right? greg both ostertag places. one of the most memorable big men from the 90s in the NBA, battled Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, battling those dudes. Now, he had you know, a little bit lesser talent, and he took some beatings, but he got, he had, he got them every once in a while. He wore them out. Career, by the way. Where are the numbers here? This is uh, – got to find the career numbers here. Pull anyway, them up. Uh, First-round pick, by the way, 28th overall selection by the Utah Jazz, 1995. Two stints with the Jazz. Retired, actually, in uh, 2006 from the Jazz. Then I guess he went back and played some – never mind. Not, not really all that important. But he could ball. 7'2", 280, crew cut. Look, got to be honest. Not the prettiest student in NBA history, but he got the job done. And, uh, yeah, shout out and, and rest in peace to Jerry Sloan and the Utah Jazz. There you go. Greg Ostertag, what you got? That was big. That was awesome. Me – all right, shout out to the new school, the hottest number 39 in the game right now, Minka Fitzpatrick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Roll Tide. Ooh. All right, who's the hottest right now Got doing it. out of Miami and went to Pittsburgh. They Usually had, those people go the other way. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Not when it comes to football, though. That is true. So, mine is going to be a person that I had to play against. Who? I'm going to get there. I'm anxious. I, I want to know. I, I, I want to let's see if you can know this. He played running back. Okay. He's a great running back. He was big. He was physical. He was a scary dude. When people ask me who's the hardest person I ever tackle, everybody just assumes everybody wants to think Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson was not a hard tackle to me, for me. This guy, Steven Jackson, Ooh. running back for the St. Louis Rams, Ooh. was a hard guy to tackle. He would punish you. He was very big. He was 6'2", yeah. every bit of it, maybe 6'3". He had very long dreads. He had this dark visor. Well, not dark visor, but... That dude left a mark. Yes, man. He ran hard. He was 6'4", 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", 240. But running a 4'4", though, the dude was fast, too, and he could catch. He was, he was a different type of animal. He also had a little bit of shimmy, so it was uh, nobody wanted to hit that guy. No. That, I, I remember distinctly watching him hit people and think that would not be fun to do. <laughs> I would never want to do that. My brother said he was... He's like, look, Roman, I've seen you play against a lot of people and tackle a lot of people and do what you do. And he said, man, when I saw you had to hit that guy, he said, man, he said, at that point I knew, like, I would never be – football was never for me to do. Right. He's like, because I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't commit to hitting that guy. The way he's running, 
He can change the hole. He can. I mean, he finished up with uh, eleven thousand yards. For, oh, talented dude! Eleven thousand four hundred thirty-eight yards, man. Great, great running. Back. Yes, he that's was, a good man. one, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I feel like it. we nailed that. Greg Ostertag and Steven Jackson. Boom. I feel really good about it. You so like uh, I don't know if you've noticed. Um, I know we got something to get to. Have you noticed that uh, the entirety of social media and really just the whole internet went from being everyone's a virologist? An epidemiologist, and now we got a whole country full of military strategists and war historians. I mean, it is unreal. You, we, we said last time we weren't getting into this, and we don't have to get into it, but uh, I'll tell you what, watching all sorts of people across the political spectrum doing all kind of about faces and 180s and contradictions and everything else from what the way they used to stand on the, the war in Afghanistan to what they believe now, what they posted on Twitter back then, what's on tape. Like, it's been a I'll tell you what, I've. Uh, I've been amazed by, by some of what's been dredged up, like old interviews and old statements. And there's been a lot of hypocrites. Like, we knew that anyway, right, in D.C. and federal politics. We knew that there were a lot of hypocrites. But, yeah. uh, boy, they've been unearthed this week, buddy. Let me tell you. I, I just – so, look, man, my dad served, and, and he went over – he's been over that way, and – he said five years ago we should be out of there. Like, there's no reason for us really to be That's the there. one thing everyone really agrees on. Right. Right. You, so, and, and here's the thing. You can both be glad that we're finally gone. Yeah. And also point out that maybe it was poorly executed as well. It was. It was. For a sh- thousand percent. thousand percent. Still a fight. I mean, and look, here's the thing. I think that there was some – there was an overblown nature to it by those who were looking to Benefit. capitalize yeah, and score benefit. political points. But that's the case on, both honestly, sides. both sides. And I hate the both sides thing, but it's true. And like they that's were the game that American politics as of is. like the last check. I, and this is a great thing. It doesn't matter who's the president at my last check. It appears that no Americans have been killed um, no. in these in these evacuate in the evacuation process. Now, you can't say the same for all the Afghans who were there trying to get onto flights and get out. And that is tragic, um, you know, but there are to the best of my knowledge, there have been no American casualties. And uh, let's hope and pray it stays that way. So when the dust settles, and, and we got still a ways to go until the midterm elections next year. There will be stories told, and there will be revisionist history, and there will be new things that we find out about what yeah, happened and for what sure. didn't happen. Thousand, so like, sure. Thousand percent. Are we just getting old enough now that we know to kind of start to just wait, you know, and, and not jump down people's throats and make assumptions, you know, because I, I hope we're doing that. Like, that's the kind of person I would like to be. Mm-hmm. But because we're all on social media and the instinct is now to just attack, attack, attack people who you think are wrong or don't think like you, people are starting more and more to act that way in public too. Like, you know what I mean? I've, yeah. Just the, well, well, I guess so. People are just lashing out. I think a lot of people are frustrated. They don't know how to handle, handle or channel their emotions. Yeah. You know what? That, that's going to lead us right into where I want to go right after. This. I like that. And, you know, Kyle, people are angry. People are fed up and sometimes they don't know how to communicate that, right? Like not everybody was raised the same or not everybody grew up the same and was taught how to communicate, how to handle your emotions when you feel angry or you're sad or, you know, you don't have or you have back-to-back bad days. We only know what we're taught. You know what I mean? That's we're a product of, of the people that raise us. Exactly, right. exactly. So, and that's, that's so real on everything. Like when you raise your kid around like politics and you take them to these certain things and you put them around certain things, like what are you putting in front of them? What are you also allowing your kids and children and, and what are you ingesting? Like, what are you watching? Like, what are you doing? 
um, you kind of become that. You know what I mean? You, you're a veteran on that front, but like I have literally a, a baby girl who's about to turn six months old, and she's sitting up. She's recognizing sounds and even the theme song of a cartoon. She mm-hmm. knows when FaceTime goes on, it means we're going to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, just how quickly Started they start rolling over yet? Oh yeah, absolutely. Good. I mean, about to crawl. So Problems I mean, it's uh, the mobility's coming, and I'm realizing that I'm fucked when it does i mean not really but you know the, the the game changes so it's but it's incredible to watch how much they learn how much they take in and how much they start to be really aware of everything that you're doing and watching your every move and so yeah you got to be conscious about what's around your kid how much politics are you watching because it's not healthy I, I don't care what side <laughs> of the political spectrum you fall down on and i i have really grown a great awareness for this over the last several years cable news um now you know obviously the just uh, just infinitesimal amount of political streaming shows and video content and mm-hmm. Twitter and all that stuff. I mean, it's just not healthy to be. Well, they made they, all of them made a lot of money off of Donald of, Trump. Oh God! I mean, the the content, the media content industry has just exploded, mm-hmm. and people can't get enough content. So why TikTok is a thing, and not just a thing that it's maybe poised to like really occupy a big space in that world, both tech and media. Like that's it's bad because. My job even talked about TikTok, and I'm like, dude, I don't have TikTok, and I'm not going to get it either. No, and look, here's the thing. I don't want to cling to all the bad either because we're talking about being positive and good things in the universe. But yes. like, there's a, a, there are huge communities, big swaths of people who come together, and you know, they share common things, and they achieve things together. and all, So there are a mm-hmm. lot of good things that come from that sort of connectivity, but man, it has screwed us in a lot of ways. <laughs> There's some crazy ass people out there that can congregate now and talk about all the wild shit they ever thought about and then cook <laughs> up ideas together and sometimes go execute those bad ideas. And I don't I don't care for that. But you know what? Free speech and whatnot. What are you pointing at? Uh, the the big uh, alignment. Oh, the alliance. Yes. Oh, you want to. OK, so uh, I, well, I, well, not yet. Not yet. Well, hold, get... But we got hold. Here's the thing that we can wrap that up because it's just uh, like the, again, I, on the way before I got here, I watched a video February 2020 where you know, there are accusations now that Donald Trump knew all along what the Taliban was going to do and that they were going to rule Afghanistan. Well, okay, uh, February 2020, in a speech that somehow just escaped, flew under the radar, I mean, complete failure by the media, he's in a press conference talking about how we're getting out, we've been there long enough, the Taliban, we hope, is going to do the things they're promising to do. The Taliban is going to kill terrorists. The Taliban is going to do this. Not the Afghan government. Not the Afghans, not the Afghan president, not the newly formed democracy that we just spent 20 years building. He, he's repeatedly saying the Taliban is going to do this. And I think it was Adam Kinzinger who tweeted out, that looks like receipts to me, right? And so Pompeo met with them. Hell, they turned loose 5,000 Taliban fighters. They did. Including they the did. new president of the Taliban, a.k.a. Yes. Afghanistan. Yes, they did. But the last point on this is, on the other side, you know, and not to be both sides guy, but this truly is an issue where you should you be able facts. to both criticize and just talk about, facts. like, Joe Biden's response to, you know, Vietnam and like the remarks that he made about, I think he told one of his advisors, one of his cabinet members that, you know, you can't just pull out. And he said, well, you know, we did such and such in Vietnam and Nixon and Kissinger got away with it. So, of course, we can. I mean, just a completely callous thing to say when you're talking. So Joe Biden does not escape guilt here. 
Correct. Um, so it just I, I, obviously zero Americans dead at this point is a wonderful thing. I hope it stays that way. Yeah. Um, I just the, this has been wild to watch because you got so many people who voted for this war who were full throated <laughs> in support of going into Iraq and Afghanistan. 20 at the years time ago. we wanted to see blood, we uh, wanted heads oh on spike, God. bro. It was right after nine eleven. Everybody was geared up to go. Like, bro, yep. some we need to go drop bombs. Yep. One hundred percent. I who mean, cares? everybody was like, putting more was... paint on, and they were just. I mean, it was a war cry all across <laughs> this nation, and it was both sides of the aisle. And so now, again, some of this stuff is a bunch of this stuff one person that voted against is getting unearthed. And there are a lot of people looking silly who are screaming things right now that they were not screaming. I, the media has been because, I mean, look, MSNBC still leaned pretty heavily left in a lot of the coverage that I saw. But CNN actually played it pretty much down the middle covering this. Like I saw a lot of right wing political pundits who have taken no opportunities to skip out on shots at CNN, actually praising CNN for their kind of down the middle coverage of what has happened. But it's also been funny to watch a media that has absolutely gone after Donald Trump, after helping to create him, by the way, um, all of a sudden, you know, want to demonstrate that, hey, we still know how to do this, by the way. We can just play it, you know, right down the middle. And so it's kind of been funny to watch because it was like, okay, well, a lot of you weren't exact. You, you haven't been doing that for some time now. So uh, we could have benefited from that shit all along. <laughs> Everybody could have. So uh, thanks, I guess. You yeah, know but- what, Kyle? You can control your attitude. Every day. That so is that's, true. That's one of my that's one of my goals is that Get, I think I know what you're getting at is that, you know, that goal oriented way of going about life to yeah. me. And I know this is how you are and it's how I've been for the majority of my life. I it gives you something to move toward. And if you're the kind of person that needs something to move toward, that matters. And yeah, you told me this, that this is something that you were starting to map out. I have been in the same headspace, too, because I feel like I'm getting lazy. And I've told you this already. You know that I've been trying to with the baby get back into shape and you know just feel like I used to feel there we go but because I'm a goal-oriented guy and I just it dawned on me I guess not really because I guess I should know this by now but like I can't just kind of float outside and work out for an hour and you know I I need something to move toward and so like some people run marathons I'm not running a marathon it's not happening like it (laughs) sounds horrible I don't want to I don't even want to run a half marathon I run a 5k I don't like running I don't I'm with you don't do it it's boring I don't like I know some people love it the runner's high thing is a complete mystery to me I've never got a bike what you got a bike Nah, bro dude I'm not putting on spandex we don't need spandex bro we just ride Nah, man I'm not doing it I'm not doing that either. I'm not doing it like I've I've been I've been kicking around some things okay okay so because look so this all started because I, so I'm a big, I'm a goal oriented guy too. Yeah. So we'll what, talk what was your this. thought process? So mine was, you know, I, I read this book by Deepak Chopper. My wife gave it to me, and and so you know, putting the goals in front of you. So that's one of my goals. Is that's one of my goals, is you know, your um, you know, I I control my attitude every day. Yep. So that's what, yeah, that's what you were getting. So at. that's one of my goals. I got six of them, and I'm putting the finishing touches on it. And like every part of the year, I try and put. Like last year, it was like two. I had two lists. I had two goal sheets because the first one I ended up accomplishing most of them, and then the second one, and I didn't even notice it, but I put it in front of me and I put it in my mirror in my bathroom, so I see it every day. You know what I mean? And I got certain sayings and certain things up there, uh, and it just is a constant reminder. So it's kind of like what you intake every day. You know, just because I go in there every morning. So as I come through, just some, put it somewhere like that in front of you, Kyle. Oh, yeah. That's what I suggest. No, I'm, I'm the same. I'm a visual guy. I'm a very yeah, yeah. visual dude. Just put it kind of up there in front of you as a constant reminder. And for me, it helps. And I just, I just, I'm finishing up the last touches on my new goal list. For I like it. 821. I like it. 
Uh, I got a few of my own. I, we'll, we'll compare notes here shortly. All right. But no, I'm looking at a few things because like I was talking I like to my it. wife about this and I was like, it's not put a goal list out there. Work, I was like, work is good. Like, do I, I don't want to paint a picture like I'm just walking around like Eeyore. Like, I mean, work is good. Family's great. Like, you know, I've got I'm doing more things. But I met a fan of yours today, it, too. I appreciate where again? H&M so, at North Lake Mall. So you met a fan of mine at H&M at North Lake Mall. And that, what is H&M again? Please tell H&M me. H&M is uh, just a clothing store. I was okay. buying some uh, some school shorts for Roman. That's interesting. Well, that's cool. I appreciate you saying yeah, that. Yeah, he shout out. His name was Eric. Yeah. He was like, because he, he recognized me. I was pushing soul. Yep. And he recognized me from from my voice because I had a mask on. Oh, yeah. Well, like you got a distinct voice. Do I? Well, I didn't I realize that. You do. I mean, if, okay. if, if people listen or watch you a lot, yeah, they're going to pick it up. Okay. So, so, and he was like, yeah, like you, you, you're all in with Kyle all the time. He's like, Kyle Bailey. I'm like, oh, that's my boy. He's like, yeah, I know. That's like, he's like, I've, I, he's got the voice. I'm like, yeah, he does have a great voice. And then he was like, yeah, yeah. So I, that, cause he's like, I thought it might've been you cause of my gray hair. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. If you yeah, had a yeah, Cause I asked him too. I was like, so was it the gray hair? He was like, well, yeah, he said, but it was really your voice at first. But then I saw he's like, dude, I, I think that is him. Yeah. They, they, right? That's what he said. Yeah, you're not that hard to spot. Then, I, <laughs> I think you think you're harder to spot than you are because when you, when me and you went to that hockey game for the first time, right, you were, we were, well, I don't know what you were wearing. Like, it was pretty just street clothes, pretty yeah. casual gear. And right. we walked to go get food. And within 30 seconds, we're like, Roman Harper! And I was <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, you probably can't go many places around here without getting spotted. And that's cool, though. But, no, like, life's good, man. I just – I need something to kind of light the fire. And uh, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to figure out what fits into the schedule. There we go. That's realistic. Like, I don't want to shoot for the moon and be like, I'm going to go hike Mount Kilimanjaro. That sounds dope. I'd like to do that, but I don't think I have the time right now. So, I got to – Smart. I got to figure out – Tangible some, goals. Right. I mean, let's, let's get Things. something scalable going right. on here. So, for me, I try and put – it's more of like an everyday thing. Right, and then I'll put some goals in there that are accomplishable too. Like um, another word, another one is for me is uh, I want to be intentional with my words. Yeah. So that's I can another, be bad about that because so, I talk a lot. So that's another goal of mine is to be intentional with my words, and that's a really big goal for mine because uh, my work that I'm going to be doing with college football this year with ESPN. So. I want to be really on point, spot on. I want to know what I want to talk about. I want to hit my spots and freaking ball. You know what I mean? Like, so speaking of that, like I, we were just talking about this. I mean, that's a goal, you know, for me, as you well know, is, you know, to get back in the booth. And I've been talking about doing this for a while. So like, yeah. I'm doing some more games now and just kind of letting them come. Myers because, Park game. I know. Dude. They asked me, somebody asked me, my neighbor was a uh, coaching i'm like whoa i'm not coaching anymore. that's right you did, did you stay for the whole game i did all right so anyway yeah like that's something i'm kind of easing my way back into as time permits because i love it it's what i started off doing and so uh ended up kind of gravitating toward talk radio and studio stuff and everything else but no i'm trying new things i'm going to getting back to calling games i'm anchoring some tv shows and things like that so that's been fun but like from a a you know fitness standpoint i need something new because it used to be, like you and I talked about, I would just go lift weights for two hours. Because I had buddies in the weight room. We'd just all walk around and try to outdo each other. And like we just, <laughs> I had time to kill. Right? That's I, so true. I can't just work out like that anymore. Saturdays are for the boys, dog. Right, exactly. Like, so I got to work Dudes can it just in. like hang out in the gym and lift. Right. I get it. Exactly. I totally get and it. so like now I, I'm working out more at home. So I got to figure that out. But like, I don't know. I can't work from home. Working out from home is, you want me to come here. But I, when are we going to work out? Like at, at the crack of dawn? I'll work out with you. I just don't want to be over here every day of the week and Heather being like, when is he going home? 
Because it's she, a fair question if I'm over here working out all the time. I get it, but the best part about it is he's in the garage. So she didn't That's see true. It. That's true. Right. There. Anyway, so we got the SEC network on here. So let's get to this because uh, <laughs> we just hit on everything around the sun before we even talked about this, and that's cool by me. But uh, the You talk about it for a living, Kyle. I, I know. The, I, but I love hearing your opinions. The, so I appreciate that. The Alliance, your boy Feinbaum. Is that what they're calling him? themselves yes what do you mean like you don't know Feinbaum shit all over it yesterday two days ago he's like it's embarrassing like, what do you mean like y'all just went out and swooped Texas and Oklahoma right it's a it's a billion dollar college football hedge fund um you know these other three conferences got a whole lot going for them too and they're not just gonna let you run stuff so yeah they're teaming up and they got more money than you collectively and they can you know make some decisions now and like it's yeah, it's kind of lame, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Hey, look, man, Kyle, and I'll take this from you, is um, the, the commissioner, um, the SEC commissioner. Greg Sankey. Greg Sankey is no longer just a commissioner. He is a billionaire, billion-dollar yeah. hedge fund. Yeah, he runs a hedge fund. He runs a hedge fund. That's my, yeah, that's well, the alliance is another hedge fund, right? <sighs> it's conglomerate. It's uh, another one. That's, they had to come together. Just it's a to merger. I think that, really. I just think the name is funny. They, is they, that what, they, like, they sound like the, a broke of it is kind of funny. You know what I'm saying? It is kind of funny. The Alliance. Like this chapter in the college football <laughs> history book is just going to be titled The Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's, it's like the knockoff Avengers. It you might know be I mean? lame. I don't know. It, it might is, be lame. It, it comes off lame to me. Well, like here's the. But I get it. It's I, not even. It's I, not I even that it's lame. They, Okay, it's kind of lame, but it, like, it makes sense in certain ways. You know what it really is? It does make a lot of sense. You know what it really it, is? It, it, something had to be done. It's, it's so snobby. So what is the Big 12 do? It's snobby as shit. That's what it is. So what is the Big 12 like, It's elitist, snobby, condescending. Like, because, like, again, these are, like, three really, really highly well-respected academic conferences. And where are we going with this? Well, okay, so, again, they're talking about championing the student-athlete experience, the collegiate model, the collegiate experience. And, look, as you and I both know, there's still a lot of value. 95% of those kids that are college athletes, they're going to be regular folks when they're done. So, you know, th it is important to preserve it and to protect it. But, like, they're also saying, like, oh, you know, Bob Bowles, he's going to do what's best. We trust he's going to do what's best for the Big 12. Well, I mean, I'm sure he'd like to join y'all, but uh, you know, he's not part of the you know, alliance. They, they don't have the academic profile that you three have. And so, you know, they don't really want to sit in the same room as you. But like, think about it. The Big Ten has all universities that have AAU status. That's, you know, prestigious elite label. I think only I forget how many have it, but uh, 64, maybe there are 4000 universities uh, and 64 schools have that status. Every Big Ten school but one has it, Nebraska, and they used to have it and got stripped back in 2011. <laughs> um, you know, so you get the Pac-12, obviously, Stanford, UCLA. I mean, it speaks for itself. It's, you know, they produce – think – does Kansas have it? Yes, Kansas does, yeah. but they're in the Big 12, obviously. Yeah, no, they so would, no, I know. They think, want to trade – they want to trade Nebraska. I'll like, still be you? shocked if Kansas doesn't end up in the Big Ten. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> like – Okay, you Nebraska go and come on in. Yeah, yeah, you come on. We'll take you. Come here, come here. Jayhawks basketball. We'll we'll have that. We'll have that. Bring it here, please. Uh, but, you know, you can sit Fog Allen right there. But no, I mean it's uh it's it's elitist. Like it's academic. But you know what? Here's the thing. There's a part of that that I'm okay with because it still does have to be about the student athlete academic or the experience for most of these kids. And so academics matter. And you might see it as snobby or elitist, but like. What was the stat that I saw? I believe what I saw was that like 70% or 75% of all of the billion, hundreds of billions of, of grants and uh, research dollars among universities, 70% of it goes to those AAU schools. Damn. So like it's a big deal, right? It is we a big we deal. talk about big money in college athletics. 
Big grant money, big research money, dude, dwarfs athletics money. I mean, it's not even comparable. They do make it's not a close. ton of dough. It's not close. They and so there's a, a reason that this is happening. And the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, they got elite academic universities. Uh, the ACC, Louisville is like the outlier. Louisville's academics are still not great. They're like 146 in U.S. News and World Report. Uh-huh. But I think every other university in the conference is top 80 in America. So, you know, this matters to those people. And they still think that there's a big market. Plus, they have a lot of valuable – collectively, they have a lot of valuable football programs. You know, So they can make this work if they want to. Great. I'm glad you told the people what's going on. Now, what is the end goal, Kyle? I have no idea. The, I don't what, have a what damn clue. What is the end goal? I don't now, have a damn what clue. Is, what, is, what is the end goal? What does this even we mean? We can't know because here's the thing. They didn't even <laughs> sign a contract. It's a handshake agreement. <laughs> it's a handshake agreement. So, Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, to the best of anybody's knowledge, it's a handshake agreement. The, I just want to know the end goal. Uh, like, what are we doing? World domination. The, the, but I, don't th- I think that's the SEC, so I don't even know what they would like. What they want the rest of the universe. I don't know. I'm not sure. This is, again, making sure that the SEC doesn't have all leverage, control and complete leverage over all of college football. Yes. And so they've accomplished that, at least for now. And... I don't really know after yeah. that. Like, I'm not really sure what they're going to – there was something in there that I think – Because they're not sharing anything. Are they sharing money? I believe that there is a concern that those universities feel like they can fully professionalize college football and do so in a lucrative manner and make it the NFL's junior varsity league or make it the, the NFL's farm. I, mean, I, I don't know that that's what they have in mind, but I've always thought that the right people attempting that could probably pull it off especially in today's, you know, deregulation of NIL and everything else. Like, I'm sure there are people who would love to see that happen and even some people in a position to maybe, you know, influence that kind of decision. So I think they were concerned about that. And I understand that. I mean, that, that makes sense. Like, I don't know that that's – like, do you think that's in the best interest of the SEC to fully professionalize college football and pay the players, like the payroll employees? You tell me. I don't know. Well, is, they have to educate them if they do. That's unfair. No question. They have to educate them. But does that ruin any notion of college football for you? Oh, yeah. It, it ruined – I mean, it's no longer college football. Right. It's, it's not. Yeah don't, so. yeah. don't call it that. Right. <laughs> if that happens, right. like, that's all I'm saying. And, and, and just to not to have to go down that, that road too far, but, like, I heard this morning I was listening to maybe – I don't think it goes that far, though. I don't think so either. I think, I, I think Pandora's – once you open up Pandora's box, everybody's going to talk about what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. Look, the market's going to set itself. Uh, you don't think yes. BYU scrambling to find, make sure that it's got a place at the table? You don't think Cincinnati is, is making phone calls hand over fist trying to figure out whether or not they're going to have a seat at the table? Seat at the table of what? I don't know. College football playoff. Yeah, look, they're going to expand it to I, maybe yeah. six or eight teams. But, yes, they will have a – all you got to do is win. Now, the alliance thing is a little um, – it definitely throws a wrench in some things. If you're a Cincinnati, you're a BYU – you are some of those teams on the outside. You know, Boise State still puts together good teams. A UCF, you know, some of these teams like that, what do they do? Do they have a chance if they run the table to be there? I think you have to be – you got to start in the top 25. Sure. I think that's what really sets it off. And then from there, you can't – Yeah, but, I mean, if you're reliant on that, like I guess this year we saw Coastal Carolina get the preseason ranking for the first time ever. Cincinnati got some respect, as they should. Now, anybody who knows college football knows that Cincinnati's got a really good football team coming back. They, first of all, they got a really good football coach. Oh, yeah. Luke like Fickles He's the real deal. And he's so good. I, I thought he was a guy to go try and – if Auburn wanted a really good coach to go get him. 
I think there were a lot of Auburn fans that wished they would. Like, but I they got Brian Harson. I, was, I don't know What's if Brian Harson's going to yeah. win there, though. I mean, I just I have my doubts about that. Do you think a dude from Boise with no ties to the Deep South is just going to go down there and win recruiting battles? Well, yeah, I, that part. I, he kept a couple guys from the staff. That I'm not saying help. But he's brand new. Like, but you know, he, they got a lot of ground to catch up within the state, and their schedule, bro, is so freaking hard this year. Oh yeah, like I, I've got some doubts about that. Yeah, so. It's not just about this year. It's got to be about everything else. And I'm, I'm, ch- I'm double-checking the team rankings right now because, admittedly, I have no idea where they are. And Who so, are you talking uh, about? Auburn. I'm looking right now. Auburn's not ranked? No, no, no. In the uh, team recruiting rankings for the 2022 cycle. Oh, it was pretty, It was not great for Auburn. No. I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and I don't see them anywhere in sight. Wow, this is uh, unfortunate. <laughs> wow, 38. I bet they're thrilled about that at Auburn When right he now. took over, they were like 50s. He's, he's at 38, and he already – what does he have, 11 or 6? Six commitments? All right, so he's got some work to do. No, 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 I, ooh, I take that back. Okay, I was wrong about that. 38 with 11 total commits. Not great. I mean, he's uh, looking up at Vanderbilt in the team recruiting rankings right now. And Arizona, Kentucky, Northwestern, Cincinnati, Georgia Tech. Uh, and, again, these are team recruiting rankings. Hey, but, man, like, I'm not here to bang on Auburn right now. No, I know you're not, but, like, let's just be real about this. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I have some doubts about Brian Harson. I could be wrong, but uh, – that doesn't bode well. I mean, no, it, it does not. You you gotta look, man. You gotta get the players. All right. I mean, you show me a good coaching college, I'll show you some good players. Indiana and Boston College are thirteen and fourteen hey, spots man, ahead of him. Indiana is, is has a good coach. Tom Allen's a good coach. Yeah, and they play some good ball, man. They're competitive. I mean, it, I heard Joey Galloway say it just the other day. He's like, man, one of the days I used to, you know, I grew up watching Joey Galloway and playing against him too, and I'm just like. The days that I, I never thought it'd be the days we're talking about Ohio State having to be aware of losing a football game to Indiana and not Michigan, Michigan State, or um, who's their other rivalry up there? Um, um, Michigan State. Who are we talking about? Uh, Ohio State's rivalries. Up oh, there. Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Michigan State. Thank you. Jim Harbaugh. That, that's a different conversation. But I was looking at this. I was talking earlier on my show today on FNZ about, uh, you know, which coaches might get pink slipped midseason. Um, just, you know, it's fun. So, anyway, uh, I know that's callous, but, like, it's a conversation that you can have. Um, and, look, the conversation of Scott Frost came up. You, you're seeing what's going on with Scott Frost, right? I mean, this is uh, – They ready I, for him to go? I really wanted him to succeed at Nebraska, and I just don't know that it's going to happen. So, uh, yeah – um, the football program was be, is being investigated by the NCAA for what initially seemed like minor violations. Uh, initially seemed like it, but uh, I don't know, man. Like, Scott Frost is being investigated. And so... For what? You got to send me this article, too, so I can send it to my group yeah, I'm chat. Trying to find the, fun, I'm trying to find the my, best. I'm, I'm going to send it Make fun of my old, uh, my old teammate, Scott Shanley, who has divorced his team the same way Jonathan Vilma has divorced the Miami Hurricanes. Has he really? Yeah. No kidding. Oh, man, it's hilarious. Well, okay. So, Not really divorce him, but just he won't bet on him anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, <laughs> he's just been hurt too many times. Well, he's and saying, I, he won't do I it. completely get that. But, like, he's being investigated for recruiting violations. And like, I mean, he's, you, he's he better cheat in, to get them dudes up there. It's cold, bro. Ain't nobody trying to go to Nebraska. He's won 12 of the 32 games that he's coached since he's been there. Never won three in a row. And no wins against an opponent that finished with more than seven wins. Um, it's just like he went from 
going what thirteen and zero at UCF. Yeah, they claimed the national championship. Like Nebraska, the, those the, that that might be the most loyal fan base in America, and they were just certain that Scott Frost was coming home to turn them back into a national power. Like that was going to happen, and he's going into year four. He's won twelve games, and they're under invest. He's under investigation, and like. I really – I don't even care about Nebraska football. I don't give one iota of a damn about Nebraska Cornhusker football personally. But I wanted this to work out because that's a hell of a story. It if would. it works Going out. back but, home. And maybe it still does. Maybe he has a miraculous season and, like, turns everything around. That'd be cool. But I just don't you know. You both don't believe that. I just don't think that's going to happen. So, like, the whole coaching situation in college football is interesting. My, my guy in Blacksburg, Justin Fuente – He's in some ways lucky he survived last year. I don't know what's going to happen this year. It's either going to – he's either going to get pink slipped or he's going to be – you know, it's going to be a great comeback story. Same kind of thing. So, so they – they what if they win? If they win – if they beat North Carolina, he saves his job. Here's the thing. He's really good in openers. Like, <laughs> he beat West Virginia in a big opener, beat Florida State in a big opener. And now, you know, Florida State turned out to be not so great that year. But, like, he's he's really good in openers. And his very first game in the post-Frank Beamer era was against Tennessee at Bristol Motor Speedway. Remember that game, right? I do remember that game. And Tennessee had – it was a Josh Dobbins-led team. And so Tennessee, you know, had some talent. And uh, Tech jumped on him early. And I think they went up two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, he – they ended up getting beat. They they didn't have as much talent. But uh, there for a while, it looked like they were going to win it. And I don't know. He's just good in openers. But he lost to ODU. I do remember that one. That and that's just awful. not okay. Like, you, that's never okay. He lost to Liberty. The, that's just absolutely unacceptable to lose to Liberty. Well, not, it's not as bad anymore, but, like, You're then, tarnishing the good name yes. of my Hokies and, and the, the football program Well, the there. program when, dropped really fast after that. Well, I mean, look, when a, when a legend retires, there's always a little bit of a slump at the end, right? Because somebody new has to come in, establish their way of doing things. And when you're winning, and this is something else, they just did a complete – you know, a couple, I mean, several tens of millions of dollars uh, renovation to all the athletics facilities. Because when you're winning and the money's coming in, those things don't feel urgent. And so they get outdated, you know, and what used to be state of the art or what used to be, you know, yeah. what recruits wanted all of a sudden is old, you know. And some programs have been better than others. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a slow turnaround, and I, I just don't know what it's going to look like. So I'll tell you what else I don't know what it's going to look like. This college football se- or this entire football season, because of this – Delta variant. Oh yeah, you did. We, we were, did. We were just talking about this. I I don't know. Like, are we? Miguel Cabrera just hit his five hundred and thirty five uh, hundred and first home run. Today. Is that just now happened a second ago? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Miggy. Go ahead. They're gonna be fans in the stands this fall. I feel pretty confident about that. A thousand. Percent. That's gonna happen. Um, th- that's not changing. But like the media today, the NFL just like kicked media out of the locker rooms, and like logic would also indicate that they also wouldn't want if they're concerned about. You know, media being in locker rooms with the players, they're certainly not going to put them in a press conference room a half or a third of the size. So, like, most of the media access has kind of gone out the window. So, I mean, look, does that matter for the average fan who just wants to watch a game? Probably not. But the coverage of the NFL is going to suffer this year. And I'm just kind of complaining because uh, I was kind of excited to get back in there and, you know, talk to the guys after the game in the press conference room, ask some questions, get a feel for how things are going. Like, that's part of the job. And it's, yeah, and uh, it's real emotion, too. Uh, right. Getting you, to talk you can't to replicate for, that. No, you can't. And, and it's, it's a different thing. You, you get the, the good, the highs, the lows, the bads. 
everything. Yeah. You get a lot of raw emotion right after. You a, like a game, when you, you walk know? off that field through the tunnel, and we're standing there waiting to go into the press conference room. I'm watching these guys. Like I've seen uh, Patrick Mahomes walk off the field after after a win. I've seen uh, Andy Dalton walk off the field after yeah, a loss. You know, it's, it's and, and on Sundays, man, dude, you celebrate every win. Like it's oh, not yeah. like college football where you're expected to win whatever amount, and if you don't, it's it's upsetting. But when you win, you're supposed to win. Man, the NFL, you celebrate every win. Like, man, every win feels good. Yeah. It's just so hard because you have to put so much into it from a week-to-week basis. Like, Absolutely. It's a true grind. Well, a few years ago when the Panthers beat the Giants, uh, was it Gano hit the 64-yarder maybe to win it? Remember that game? Um, I think Eli maybe hit a, a deep ball to Odell, and they took a late lead. I believe I'm remembering that right. And then the Panthers – I think I know to, what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah I, I Gano don't. hit a big, like, 60-something yarder to win it. I forget the exact numbers. But uh, I'll never forget the Giants as I'm standing there in the tunnel, you know, waiting to get into the press conference room, listening and watching the Giants walking off the field. I mean, just absolutely in disbelief, pissed off that they just got beaten on a 64-yard field goal, yeah. you know, after making the plays they did to get back and win it. So the point is you can't replicate. I mean, talking about kickers, dude, first of all. What, you want to talk kickers? I don't like them. No, I'm not going to waste people's time talking kickers about Kickers are them. crazy, man. I, I don't like them. Anyways, I only, well, I only it, like the ones that, that help me win a, a ball game. That's it. So you only like them insofar as they're useful to you. Yeah, that's Kickers it. are wild people sometimes. I mean, let's talk about the one here in Carolina, bro. Why Joey Sly. Come on, man. Your guy, Virginia Tech. Because that's why. He's a Virginia Everybody Tech guy. Everybody does this to me now. Yeah. Everybody we should, does this Because shit runs downhill, Kyle. Yeah. All right? So when the kicker's not, I mean, questionable right now, he's missed some kicks. Yeah. And he missed some kicks last year. Missed a chip shot 37-yarder. He's missed some to kicks. To start the game. All right. Missed a 63-yarder in the first game and an extra point. And just barely – I wasn't s- mad about the 63-yarder. I know. Talking, he, the extra point is bad. I know. But then he also just barely snuck like a 41-yarder inside the upright, I think. Just barely over the top. So, yeah. No, people aren't thrilled with him. There's yeah. no doubt. I'm one, yeah. We, we, some question marks, Kyle, about your guy. I, look, all I can say is this. But is, you said the same thing about him in college. He's always been. Yeah, he's always been. You said that. I get the same first, answer every time. You you said that. Like I when like he Joey. First showed up. I like Joey, man. I have no problem with Joey. Like he's because they had Graham Gano, but Graham was hurt. They had Harrison Butker too. Yeah, well, yeah. They drafted Harrison Butker in 2017. Yeah, but Graham beat him out. I mean, well, Graham was really good. Well, sure, but like you know, he Graham's was still all, kicking. I think Graham was making like three million a year at that point, and Butker was the most accurate kicker in college football coming out that year and was kind of a stud. He's and, still a stud in Kansas City. Oh, I know he is. And what I'm saying is they drafted him in 2017. I remember. Dave Gettleman drafted him. Gettleman got fired in June. Marty Herney took over and uh, let him go. And Camber put him on the practice squad and he got claimed. Yep. And so Panthers fans will not ever let them forget that either. <laughs> they let Graham walk and they, uh, you know, they, they let Butker get punched. I, I think that's a good thing with this Scott Fitterer guy, man. Um, it seems like the Panthers are going to try and make sure they kind of take care of their own. Same way everybody knows that Jerry Jones does. Like if, if they draft you here and you do good here, they're going to pay you here. That's yeah. So maybe that is changing, which that has not always been the perception of what I think about Carolina. Now, I think you'd always I think you'd agree with this though. Jerry Richardson took care of his guys. Now, his guys. Right. Yes, he did. He yes. took care of his guys. You know, yes. he took care of Smitty. He took care of TD. Yep. Right? I mean, he took care of those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a different era. He took and, care of Greg too. But like Fitterer locked up Taylor Moten with like 4 hours to spare on the the franchise tag deadline day, and then he just locked up Robbie Anderson to uh, and it's 2 years 29 and a half million. But he also got, uh, I think, like a full eight and a half. No, a full $8 million additional on this year's deal. 
So it's kind of a new three-year contract. And nice. uh, they took care of him. So I guess that's they're, they're trying to establish that up front. I like that. See, here's the thing. This, I know you and I sometimes talk Panthers because we're here in Charlotte. Sometimes we don't. From a radio standpoint, right, I realize that I hear more often than not from the angry, irrational crowd. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to anybody out there listening. I think that's a short But I think y'all yeah, would agree with no me doubt. that most sports radio you know, t- hosts hear from the vocal. Uh, angry fan. Yeah, we're going to go with that. And so I don't think it's the majority, but, like, there are a lot of people out there who think – they're that, the loudest ones, though. They, they the think, angriest – people don't understand. The loudest ones are the ones that – They just like, flat the, out believe that this is an incompetent organization right now, <laughs> just a, a flatly incompetent organization. And here's the truth. I don't know how competent they actually are yet, but this is now going into what? Year three of David Tepper. He's mm-hmm. had two losing seasons in a row. Um yeah, things need to start turning around for sure. But they just completely filled out their front office a few months ago. Like, they just got a GM in Scott Fitterer. They just got Dan Morgan back as the assistant GM. Uh, they got Samir Suleiman, the capologist, in place. They got Patrick Stewart in place. They got – I mean, they finally have a full front office operation to go with the head coach after a pandemic. They're j- In a lot of ways, they're just really getting started as an organization for this chapter because, you know, Tepper, you know, let Ron and Marty stick around for a year. Then the pandemic happened, right? So you had Ron gone and Cam gone. Everybody's gone, but Marty's there for kind of a year. And, you know, the first-round pick was his reportedly, but maybe Matt Rule may- – it was kind of weird. So now for the first time, they have the entire building assembled with people who look like, even if their plan doesn't work, it looks like they have a plan, right? Mm-hmm. They're trying to get really fast yeah. athletic dudes, and mm-hmm. they've whiffed at quarterback once, which might have been you know, considerably their fault too. And now they brought in a guy who might be fixable, got a lot of talent, but if he doesn't work out, you've let the most beloved superstar in the franchise's history go, and you whiff twice on Teddy and Sam Darnold. Then what? Like, the roster's in better shape, but you still are going to have to go get a quarterback in the spring. Are you going to get this one right? Because people are, are going to run out of patience. I already have people th- that think Matt Rule should be fired, <laughs> that, that are texting into my show on a daily basis. He's a college guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. He won't get rid of Joey Sly. Uh, they signed Cam Irving and Pat Elfline. What a bunch of idiots. Like, that's I, – I see it every single day. And you know what, Kyle? I, I wouldn't believe you unless – but you, I've been on the radio show. We sat you. in that chair. I sat there, yeah. and I've seen the text that just come in, dude. It's just like. You were there the day I'm that like, a man called in and said the Panthers should draft a red zone quarterback. That's what and he let said. Cam Newton take it between the 20s and then bring in the red zone quarterback to throw it there. inside the red zone. I was there like, what? Oh, People, yeah. they, they really believe these Meant things. Some though. doozies over the years, buddy. <laughs> some doozies. Like, sports talk radio is just a Petri dish that needs to be studied all the time. I agree. And, you, and they're consistent, too. Like. They're in there. The ones yes. that call, the ones that listen. Yes. I think it's a beautiful thing. I didn't know the world until I got to experience it with you, and I'm thankful for it. Did you – and I'm just curious about this because I know we're kind of bouncing around here, but um, the Panther stuff's cool. Did you happen to catch Stephen A. Smith on Jimmy Kimmel Live? No. Did you know he filled in? No. I, I haven't – got to check it out. I've seen a I'm couple of check clips. It out. I, I've seen a couple of clips. I don't know. I'll, I only bring it up because, like, I feel like there are a lot of sports people that are, like, starting to uh, dabble – yeah. And some other things. And I like that. They should. I like that. I, I think you got to mix it up a little bit. I like that. But uh, I got to go back and check out some more of it. What do you think, by the way? I meant to ask you this. Um, this is what I, I couldn't remember earlier. Cam Newton. Dude. That dude looked fantastic on Thursday night against the Eagles. He did. He shredded him. But now with this COVID thing, man, 
And Mac Jones apparently is playing pretty well up there. Mac Jones is playing well. I like how he moves guys with his shoulder. I thought he had great control of the pocket. First of all, Philly looked awful defensively. Both quarterbacks chopped him up. Oh, yeah. A lot of deep dig. Oh, routes. they look terrible. They, they were not good at all. Do you think they're going to be really bad? No, I don't. You don't? I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think Philadelphia is that good as a whole team. That's what I meant. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, I think, don't think they're that. Good. I don't think they're good. Yeah, and then defensively, I don't. I don't think they're that good either. So they're they're decent up front, but but like not as good. You and I've talked about the whole vaccination thing. Like it's it's Cam's right, so, right here, but like that's Bill Belichick. I, it sounds like you know he sees that as a competitive advantage. Like. I'm surprised. And I also, by the way, read this morning, and I cannot verify this, nor is it necessarily any of my business, but I read this morning from a couple of places that there's a belief that Mac Jones isn't vaccinated either. So I don't know how that plays into it or not, but like. So I don't know either way or either person. Right. My only thing is everybody should know the rules. And it wasn't like he, you can't leave. That's the rule. If you are unvaccinated, you can't leave. You have to be tested every morning. At the facility. Yeah, they can't share the information, but it was clear based on the protocols that Cam himself was following that he's unvaccinated because of the travel schedule, the restrictions. Right, you can't do that. Right. That's he's, part he's of the clearly rule. unvaccinated. And he's still, he still tested. He hasn't tested positive or anything. He still does not have COVID, but still, you have to be tested every day, every morning. Like, that's the rule. That's the COVID rule for unvaccinated players. We talked about this. I got the whole list of what the crazy rules are. Yep. And they're not playing about it. And everybody knows the rules. Like, that's why, that's why it's frustrating. And, Some of these you know, coaches are really, really frustrated. But, you know, Cam will be back. I thought he played great the other night. Oh, he looked fantastic. I, th- I definitely think he'll still be quarterback number one for the first game because, I mean, what does Bill Belichick have by trying to put Mack in over everybody else? And that's just the Boston crowd. That's Boston. Oh, for sure. New England, that whole deal, how they just want what they want and – they think they're so high and mighty because they got Tom Brady and Belichick, and they only have one now. Yeah, but Cam, Cam, Cam is going to have to perform with that dude breathing down his neck. Um, you know, because the first day that he – He's first, looked the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks. He has. Yeah. Throwing the ball. Yeah, Consistently I would, yeah. throwing the ball. Yeah. Yes, he has. Zach Wilson's looked pretty good. Zach Wilson does look pretty good. But he Zach looks Wilson, pretty I good. I don't know. I thought he would – I still don't trust it. I, I want to see it when it's real live bullets right. and when teams actually know what you're doing and they're studying you and they're trying to like – He might be a stud, but I'm, I'm still skeptical. He's got great arm talent. I'm though. still skeptical. You saw Aaron Rodgers was praising him, right? He's got great arm talent. But no, I'm, I'm with you. He's looked good. Uh, you're, you're right. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has looked okay. He's looked shaky. Justin Fields has looked yeah, he okay. Looked, Trevor Lawrence looked real shaky yeah. against the Saints. Yeah, he looked Saints, shaky. The Saints made him look like a very rook, a rookie, unexperienced, inexperienced quarterback. Well, the two plays back-to-back, the throw, I mean, it was a throwaway through the end zone, but it looked like he just airmailed it. And then the very next play, he takes a bad sack uh, that set up the field goal. Well, he was throwing that one away. He was throwing the well, ball that's away. That's what I'm saying. Like, I saw him throw one away a couple of plays he, earlier. He threw a ball away. And when he threw that ball away, it, it just looked like, because there was a little bit of extra juice on it, that maybe he just, he just airmailed it. I couldn't tell. You know what? I, I need to see him have better body language. You, he needs better body language, and so does Urban He's Meyer. He's so stoic. Hurt, both of them need better body language. He's all right? so stoic. You are leading this team. We go as you go, coach and player. Yeah, I can see that. They have to be better about that. They have to learn how to win. They have to learn how to do it together, too. So um, this whole thing, this experience, Jacksonville did not look good last night. The Saints looked dominant. Jameis, shout out to him. That boy balled. He played great. I mean, he balled. He, but he, he threw the ball extremely Real, real well. quick, before we get too far off, off rail with that, I agree with you on all those quarterbacks, by the way. 
the other thing I was going to say about those coaches is Mike Zimmer's pissed. Like Mike Zimmer brought in Dr. Michael, Michael Osterholm, the renowned epidemiologist who was doing the rounds at the beginning of COVID trying to tell people what was going to happen um, to talk to his team. Ron Rivera's brought in, you know, Harvard epidemiologists. Like they're getting, did you see what Jerry Jones said today? Jerry Jones, no, went on the radio, Jerry Jones went on the radio down in Dallas, like basically playing with people in Texas to get vaccinated. And he said, quote, everyone has a right to make their own decisions regarding their health and their body. I believe in that completely until your decision as to yourself impacts negatively many others. Then the common good takes over. And I'm arm waving here, but that has everything to do with the way I look at our team, the Cowboys, or the way I look at our society. We've got to check I at the door and go forward with we. Your Dallas Cowboys are doing that, end quote. So, yeah, I mean, Jerry Jones saying that. Doing, he said that the Dallas Cowboys are doing that? Absolutely. He that said, means they're going to have a – you're going to get – you're going to have to show a negative COVID test. LSU or, just announced or, it today. Or a vaccine. Or va- they're going to do it. Of That's, course they are. He just said it. I'm telling you. The Raiders did it already? I mean, the Raiders – I, I saw LSU did it too. Many, many, many stadiums already are. And I think most will when it's all said and done. Well, yeah. it's just like they just want to do their part. They don't want to – have a game and then be labeled as a super spreader. That is a, it's just like. Sure. I mean, it's it's a public health thing too. I mean, at this point, if you're still out there denying that COVID exists and is a problem, you are the problem. And I'm sorry if that sounds condescending, but like, it's just the truth. Now, the extent to which, you know, we can argue a lot of different avenues here about what makes sense, what restrictions are, are proper, absolutely, you know, merit to a lot of those conversations. But like, if you're fighting this still, you're the issue. Right. In, in a lot of ways. And so this is not it's already impacting the season. And I just don't understand now with you know the FDA approval where some of these players are with this. Did you see that Trump in his Alabama rally yesterday, two days ago, two days ago. he got booed by the people who came to his rally when he encouraged them to take the vaccine and said that he took it. They booed him. Alex Jones, Infowars, called him a dumbass and said maybe Trump's not that smart after all. Maybe he's a du- – if Alex Jones is turning on you, uh, I don't know, bro. Like, I mean, th- but they're booing Trump. You got th- – people are entrenched, bro. And, and I don't know if you're going to get to some of these players and convince them that they need to do this. The players? Yeah. I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do. I mean and, – And you know what? I, I, hey, look, man, the FDA approved it. So, at this point, I, I would tell people also read and, and learn. What is actually in the COVID? I mean, the vaccine. Um, sure, it, it's there's it's so much information it's, out yeah, there on how these things work. It's, it's very interesting. There's that, so much information on how I they work. I would Google it real quick, but I don't really feel like looking it up. I got an article on it. Just no, no, no. That. You, you can, you could. There's it's very easy to all see. Just it. search, but just you know, do your do your due diligence, man. And like Jerry Jones said, it's more about we at this point because we want to get back to some normalcy where I don't look for those that got vaccinated, including myself. I do say I thought we could have some more norms, and I was excited when we got to take the mask off. And I and at some point, I'm just like, well, what else do I have to do? Like, what can I do to help us be better? I don't know. How how do you connect with? But somebody? now, because I'm still to the point where I'm trying to just protect me and my family. I, I was watching. Interviews. You know what I mean? Like, but I was I'm watching still interviews. In that, I'm still in that phase. I was watching interviews from that rally with the anti-vaxxers. And they were being set up to say dumb things. And I'll, you know, that, so, I mean, of course, it was framed in that direction. And they're going to put the, the, the dumbest ones on Some there. of these people actually believe that the vaccine allows you to, to, to attach and stick metal objects to you. You become magnetized. Like, they believe these things are true. And I don't know how you, like, you, can, you can't spit facts at people like that and just expect it to win them over. Like, well, th- that's not going to change their mind. 
You're just spitting facts and figures and data at someone who thinks that a spoon's going to stick to his forehead if he gets the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. How do you talk to that guy? Who's responsible for reaching that human being? I don't know. I mean, clearly I can't do it. But I'm, I'm just stunned by, by the fact that that's kind of the hurdle. I don't know, man. It's just frustrating because I'm with you. So much. So, of- so this is what my boy sent me this morning, right? And I, well, yeah, it was, no, it was this afternoon. What? And his text below it to my group chat was like, can't win with these folks. Just say, I don't care about my health or yours. Uh, just because this is what somebody wrote. I guess he saw it on his Facebook. It came up. This is what, this is why I don't Facebook, Kyle. He sent this to my group chat. It was it's funny. a cesspool. Just because something is FDA approved does not mean it's good for you. There are many drugs that are stop, FDA approved. Stop, stop, oh, oh, stop. Let, me, let me finish. <laughs> I got to finish this. No. All right. There are many drugs that are FDA approved that can do a lot of harm. And there are a lot of helpful natural remedies that are not FDA approved. So please continue to do your research. Follow the money. Do your research. That is the most infuriating. Hi, Heather. Hey, uh. It's the most infuriating phrase of all time. Do your research. Yes. AKA, I watched some dude's shitty YouTube video. (laughs) I mean, that's what you're saying when you said you did your research. I don't understand people like that. But no, it's just, it's infuriating. It's the same thing. Like, these people are taking ivermectin. They want to go take horse dewormers. What? What is that? Seriously, like they're going to pick up like veterinary shit from tractor supply for horses. It's a horse dewormer, ivermectin. And they'd rather take that than an FDA approved vaccine because they think it's going to microchip them. So, so do, do, do they take that before or after they catch COVID? Dude, I don't know. Like this one dude had a stockpile of hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Like that's what he's rolling with. And by the way, to be fair, I think there were some studies that showed if you caught COVID really early, yeah. that hydro- or hydroxychloroquine might help a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. stave off. But if well, you did, it was Well, they're doing something useless. like that in, uh, in, in Florida too, right? Right. And I can't verify if it's true now. I'm not a doctor, right? That's why I don't <laughs> run around making claims about vaccines and medicine that I don't understand. Like people don't respect expertise anymore it's it's infuriating but uh yeah i guess that's where we are right now that is that is where we are and it's just uh i I don't have the answers kyle like you said like you like i told you earlier i don't i don't know what the nfl is going to do with this i think the nfl will continue to keep their rules because their standards are are tough and hard and i think the owners will buy into whatever that they they're all putting out there the owners know know that the owners are going to they're going to control their own stadiums yep and put up their own rules, sure. and it's just going to be – they're going to do what they're going to do. And let's be clear. There are a lot of vaccinated conservative Americans out there, too. These owners know that, but that, that of the 180 to 190 million people that are vaccinated now, right, right, right. a lot of them are still going to go out to football games, especially in outdoor percent. stadiums. Yes. So this is a way for them to guarantee that they can get people in that stadium. Yep. You're going to show us uh, – You're going to feel more safe. Yep. You're going to show us a negative test, or you're going to show us proof of vaccination. Like my Employers across the country – are mandating it now. Mine just did recently. They mandated uh, uh, everybody has to be vaccinated? Yeah. You know, Fox News had a, a vaccine passport policy a couple of months ago. Uh, really? Yeah. There was a lot of reporting on that. You know, <laughs> while a couple of their primetime hosts were just spending an hour every night casting doubt on the, uh, the, the effectiveness of the vaccine, all of them had to, you know, subject to a vaccine passport system, right? It's just, it's the uh, disgusting hypocrisy of corporate media, but that's what they were doing behind the scenes. So, yeah, these owners are going to guarantee that people can get into these stadiums because they need to make back the $4 billion they lost last season. They lost a lot of money last season. Yeah, They're, they're not signing up to do that a second year. No, they don't want to. And th- I told you earlier in one of the other episodes that they're going to make you, the players, so uncomfortable that eventually they're going to have to make a decision or they're going to just continue to 
it's going to be hard. You, you know, just during football season, it's going to be grind because you don't get to leave. You have to you have to get tested every day. You have to eat in your own space. Yeah, it's it's not comfortable. It's not your normal NFL experience. Brandon Bean broke the seal on this a couple of months ago. Remember this when he told the media that he would consider cutting a player who was unvaccinated if it meant that it was a competitive advantage. Yes, he told us back then what they were all already <laughs> thinking. Right, if you are expendable in any way, and you become an issue in that way, they'll walk away from you. They'll let you walk. I mean, right now, I wonder about Denzel Perriman with the, the Panthers. Denzel has been – I think he was polite and professional when he talked about it. You know, he said, look, I'm not going to get vaccinated. It's a personal choice. I'll abide by all the safety protocols. I'll do what's asked of me. I'll wear a mask. So, that's great. But if it becomes a disadvantage to them, they, they'll walk away. He also hasn't played. He's been hurt a lot. Like a uh, that's ton. like the same thing. That's, you know what? I'm not going to go back down the Panthers thing again. But, man, their first 22, I like. But we all know injuries happen every year. Oh, yeah. And I said this in the past. You know, that's what kind of holds me back about what the team could be, man. Injuries occur in football. Well, that's – yeah. I mean, again, bringing it full circle to that. Yeah, they're, they're young. And they uh... – But Denzel Perriman, I, I mean I, – and I'm not trying to say I don't really care what – that's your choice. Sure. Do what you do. But I just know working at certain companies and they're going to start – that's what they're going to start doing. They're going to force your arm a little bit. Yeah, they are. They are. They want, I mean, eventually, hopefully, we get to a place where we're like, okay, we're good. And there are a lot of people, like we've seen the school board meetings across the country that are yeah, people pissed are going off. Yeah, people crazy. Oh, they're insane. They've gone they're crazy. Abs- and you know what? Um, I'm just glad that I'm not a part of those things, man. You know, how many, you know how many people are showing up to those school board meetings that don't have kids in that school <laughs> district? Some don't even have kids at all. Like, they don't even have kids. Why are you at a school board meeting? Like, I get it. Your taxes pay for public schools, too. So, I guess you can lay a loose claim to, uh, you know, needing to be there. But that's weird, man. Like, I, as someone who just recently had a kid, you weren't going to see me showing up to school board meetings without a kid. I saw, um, I saw this thing, this protest um, about masks and stuff, uh, mask mandates in New York. And they, this lady was on the inter- getting interviewed, and she was from Pennsylvania. She was like, I saw it. You saw this. It was the Jordan Klepper thing. Yeah. Yes, I saw that too. She was from Pennsylvania. She was like, well, it's only, it's coming. It's coming. It's, if they do it here. You got to get ahead of it. You got to get ahead of it. You, <laughs> no. It's, we, I'm from he's Pennsylvania. Like, like the virus, right? Like COVID. Wait, no. What side are you on? Oh, that was hysterical. Yeah, man. it was funny. It was, it was, but like, you, you hate to like. I don't ever want to make it seem like I, you know, that side is all Cal- those people. But whoo, I saw a guy in California too. He he used all his two and a half, three minutes too. He went in too. It's, you know, another thing. Have you seen the Hood Olympics? No. Where it's like people walking over oh, milk crates. Oh yes. Thank you so thank you so much for bringing this up. Thank you so much. Have for you bringing seen this, up. this? I have, and I have so many questions. <laughs> Like we I, should, we should talk. About I know this. it's been memed to death already, but I have the same questions. Kyle is still very. Have you relevant. ever seen that many milk crates in one place I, in your I life? I don't even know where they're getting these milk crates from. Like, remember last year during the uh, the protests <laughs> across the country, and they were like all these conspiracy theories about pallets of bricks being set out for people. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And it was like it was the feds. It's the deep state. <laughs> like, are the feds in the deep state dropping off milk crates across the country? I guess so, man. I saw a meme that my wife talked, uh, showed me a meme about that this morning. I'm like, so confused. You know what? We're sitting it's here. It's got to be coming. Where did the milk crate? I have the internet. At so the, the first time hands. I saw it was, um, man, it was about two weeks ago. Two or three weeks ago I saw it. And then I saw this one girl go over the top. She finished it. That was like the first time I seen anybody finish it. And then from there, it's just been going crazy. And the falls are the best. I don't know why people 
think they're not going to fall. There's no way I would do this. I think it's the craziest, dumbest thing ever. But, I mean, people ain't talking about Afghanistan. They're talking about these milk crates, bro. I mean, dude, like, I mean, I just, I guess that stuff's funny. But, like, Kyle, I haven't seen Kyle, a single person complete it yet. Kyle, and I got to say this, Kyle, because this is my people. Dude, this thing went. I haven't seen any white people do this, Kyle. Why is it just mine? I think I saw one. You saw one? I think I saw one. I saw one white police officer do it, too. Oh, really? See, I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah. I he was cool, though. White he was cool. I saw one other white dude do it. Check this out. This went viral. You did? Uh, this went viral a video. decade ago. So it went viral a decade ago? It says, in the clip posted by the YouTube channel Joyriders TV bonus footy, on June 23rd, 2011, a guy runs across Believe a staircase it. of milk crates before falling and injuring his back. <laughs> this clip appears to have inspired Facebook users Kenneth Waddell and Jordan Brown who were first known to people to do the Milk Crate Challenge in August 2021. So this got picked up from 2011. Boom. Wow. We How just learned that? something. I just... But 2011? I mean, it's... I guess... But who, who... Where are they finding the milk crates? I don't know. A lot of people got them too now. just raiding grocery stores? Is that where you get them from? I would guess so. Where else would you find milk crates? I, I don't even know. I haven't seen a milk crate since I was like... Like little. You know what? Speaking of viral internet stuff, we have to talk about this real quick before we go. Did you read... The thing I sent you before I got over here? No, I, I tried to look it's up okay. on my Twitter. It's all right. I don't need you to. In fact, I would uh, take a lot of pleasure in uh, introducing it to you. <laughs> so uh, this is, uh, unfortunately, on the one hand, it's a story that I have no interest in talking about for the obvious reasons. TMZ reported yesterday that Del Curry and Sonya Curry are getting a divorce. Yeah. That's their business. Uh, yeah. Del and I are professional friends. We see each other at Hornets games doing pregame and all that stuff. So I, I think a lot of Dell. I, I stay out of people's personal business. That said, because they're famous – and because Twitter is maybe the funniest and meanest place on earth, uh, you'll have to check this out when we finish this up. But there was a Twitter thread of some random dude out in Durham, North Carolina, who, who fired off this like two dozen tweet thread of thoughts on Dell, but really anybody, middle <laughs> age, going back out in the dating market. And it is one of the most hilarious threads ever assembled on Twitter. And the first, tw it's got 60, almost 70,000 likes in 24 hours, right, at this point. But it just starts out with Bud, right? And then he keeps going. He's like, let me tell you all something. You don't want to be out here. <laughs> you think you want to be out here because you're not out here. When you get out here, you ain't going to want to be out here no more. <laughs> then he says, last time you was out here, out here was different. You think it's something better. I come to let you know the best you're going to get is what you already got. I don't know why you don't want to do the work. You're going to come out here and ain't going to like it. All they do is start podcasts and talk about plate fixing. 14 minutes being out here, you're going to start saying, these females. And then he keeps going, and, like, some of this, you know, is building up to other stuff. And at some point, he's, he goes, you ain't got the cholesterol to be out here. <laughs> I mean, just, like, one after the other. I mean, just crying laughing, dude. It's one of the – this dude picked up like 15,000 followers overnight because it's one of the funniest threads I have ever read in my life. Oh, that and again, so it, it stinks that it stemmed from somebody that we know and right, right, it's an right. unfortunate situation. But he's talking to all dudes out there. Hey, you know, like, like, yeah, that was just putting it out there. You think you want to be out here because you're not out here. You don't want to be out here. You, ain't trying, you, ain't you don't want to be out here. Yeah, you ain't trying to do it's, that. It's different. I mean, just – he said these people are 60% crab leg, 30% iced coffee, and 10% vape pen. <laughs> 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 vape pen oh it's fantastic he just continues to kill it man and what's this guy's name let's give oh, him a quote oh it's at solomon hold on real quick this one i think you'll like he says i'm not trying to scare you i'm trying to prepare you these people are the children of rihanna born in the fires of chaos <laughs> 
Oh, God, it's amazing, man. It's just one of the funniest true, threads you'll ever read. And again, I hate that it started the way that it did, but uh, it's really good Tell advice. Tell me this, though. So if you're Dale's age, how old is Dale Curry? Uh, late 50s, I guess. Late 50s. All right. Yeah, him and his wife met at Virginia Tech. Cool. Whatever. So if you're like a late 50s year old guy, like, do you even like, how do you even get back into the dating? Dude, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, you know what I mean? At I've that been, point, I'm like, how does, and at what age is like too much or too little? Like, what do you, I don't even know. I don't want to think about it. Like, I mean, I've been out of that game for six years, seven years, somewhere in the between. It's a new world out there. Like, I got yeah. buddies that are back out dating right now, and it doesn't even sound like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it does not sound like a whole lot of fun. I got a couple single homeboys, man. One of them. I feel like all you do, all they he, do, is sit around scrolling apps, like trying to match. Of, with I somebody. only know one that's like enjoying his single life, but like that's because he's just in his own world, though. He's like, dude, he's not even looking for. Like that. I got, yeah, I got some buddies who were single and doing fine, but like the ones that were, I, I don't. The one that I that was married, got divorced, and is living single. I, I mean. I don't think you ever have it figured out. Well, you know, you got some dudes like that. I got some buddies like that, too. You know, you just wonder if they're ever going to quite get it. You love them, but you wonder if they're ever going to quite get it. I don't envy the dudes out there uh, trying to to wade through those waters right now. Yeah, man, and now now it's like an app game, too. It ain't like you just going to meet people. There's a new one. Like, I don't even think Tinder's a thing anymore. I think it's (laughs) Bumble and Banner and all sorts of shit. Banner. I don't know. (laughs) That might be. You know what? I think that was like a Ted Lasso thing that I watched last week. I don't even know that's a real thing. I love that show. But that's like, that's how they operate now. And that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good on all that. Straight. I'm good. Hey, you mentioned Miggy's 500 home run. Did you want to bring that up? Because I had a lot of fun with that today. So it was his five. I just saw his 500 first. Well, that's right. You saw, you saw 501. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you realize how few dudes are actually close to doing that anytime soon? Because it didn't seem like from about 1990 till about 19, maybe 2010. That was a steroid era. Yeah. But like there were a lot of dudes. And I think a lot in of part we know why. But like dudes that were joining the 400, 500, 600 home run club. Yeah. Like uh, Miggy. Where's Jim Tomei at? Uh, Tomei's up there. Is he in the 600 club? Tomei hit 600 home runs? Uh, let me double check. I, dude, I get him backwards. Anyway, it's a good question. Um, but no, like it, the 500 home run club. Nelson Cruz is 41 years old. Yeah, 612 for Jim, Jim Tomei. 612. Man, that's Nelson wild. Cruz, who's 41, still playing, still balling, has hit 443. He's not even going to play at least 50, probably. So no I mean, he's, he's going to get there. You think um, he's going to get there? No, he's still a stud, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, unless he gets hurt, he's going to get there. But then check this out. You get to like, uh, it's not Mike Trout. Who is it? It's, um, oh, I've got it right here. Got my notes from the show today. It is uh, Giancarlo Stanton, 333. He's got to hit 167 more home runs, and he is 31 years old. He can do that. Yeah, he can for sure. But he's, again. Just, to, just to get to 400? No, to get to 500. He's got to, he's got to hit 173 more home runs to oh, get to the 500 that's a, that's club. That's a long way away, though. That's a lot of dingers, <laughs> dude. I mean, it is. I'm not, you're right. Like, if he stays healthy, he should right. get there. He could. Yeah, but, I mean, that's by, like, 40. Right, but, like, the whole story of Bo Jackson's career is if he'd stay healthy. Right? I mean, like, anything could happen at any time. So, then he's 333. Mike Trout's at 310. So, Mike Trout, who had just turned 30, I think, is it 310? He'll get there, I think. But then it's like uh, Nolan Arenado at 260. Probably not going to get there. Uh, Bryce Harper, 255. You might think he'd have more, but he's, two, he's at 255, and he's 28 years old. If he averages 25 a year for the next decade to 38 years old, he'll get there. Okay. So, But that's about it. Like There aren't that many dudes that are really close. But Bryce, to f- but Bryce is never going to be a guy that hits like 40 dingers in a year. But he did. Like That's the thing. And, and I think now I don't think he was ever going to be the – 
I don't know, but he hit 42 in 2015. I saw this earlier today. But for a career, I think he averaged 25. Yeah. You know, going coming into this year. So, like, that's kind of who he is. So, yeah, yes. dude, like, they're, like you're, you're asking about Tommy, and there's, I mean, look, let's be honest. Like, that's the steroid era. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, I mean, it kind of is dude. what it is. But there were a lot of dudes who went into the five and 600 home run club. Like, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., that's what makes him so impressive. That's that's what makes him. How many how many did he finish with? Uh, let's see. I want to get the exact number here. Ken Griffey Jr. finished with six hundred and thirty. Yeah, that would have been. He would have been the all time. He yes. would have been the all time home he run king if guy. he stayed healthy. Yeah, he was. And he so should. Hurt. In my mind, like I, I don't say this very often because it's six thirty, but like he is the home run king in my <laughs> mind. Like he stays healthy. Uh, it might be you know maybe a little bit crazy. It's seven fifty, seven seventy five. Like I, I think. I was going to say 800, but like, you know, he, he, he might've hit 775 home runs. He was that incredible. Well, his swing was so, and he got in the league so young. He did. I mean, he got in really young. He really did. Imagine if, you know, he could have been, you know, where he plays till 40 years old and he's, that was that 21 year career where he was not healthy, where he was majority, not my injured side. And he was healthy. Majority of that whole incredible. Career. It would have been bad, you know. Absolutely incredible. I looked down and went long again, so we should probably wrap this up. Your lovely wife is home, and mine's probably going to kill me if I don't go home. So we should probably wrap this up. Kyle, get the hell out of here, brother. That was rude, but it's uh, totally understandable. I appreciate you, buddy. Hey, man. Let's have a great attitude all week, baby. Goals, right? We'll come back. We'll reconvene episode four. You know, we're getting close to it. Episode 41. <laughs> we're getting close to episode 41. I didn't think here. about that. So I, I was thinking about that today. It's weird. I was like, we got to throw a celebration of some kind. Got a gift for you for episode 41 coming up. Boom. So we'll do that. But 40's up next. We'll talk to y'all next time. For Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.